Amen. Are we ready to get into the word of God this morning? Yes. Amen. Amen. So, uh, guys, I want to talk about pain this morning. I want to talk about pain. Uh, I'll share a little bit about myself and, and one of some, some things that, that um, and on the onset uh, on the onset was discouraging, but I began to see the encouraging part about it. And I'll explain a little later. Um, next year, 2019, I will be 35 years old. Woo! Yeah. Um, so, the fact that I can remember, yeah. So I, I after 30, after 30, I honestly like would forget how old I am. And I know for those that are uh, a little longer in the tooth um, than I am, I know that might seem, you know, we, I, I, I can imagine when you hear someone uh, like my age say that they, you know, that they feel old and all that stuff, like, the eye roll comes, I, I totally understand it. I, I, I look the same way to, to folks that are younger than I am at the same thing. But one of the things that, that um, was discouraging, but I've begun to see the importance about it is that um, I, I'm at that age right now where you wake up and, and you have like scars on your body. You don't know where they came from. Um, if those in the medical field in here uh, uh, feel like that's a, 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 a is, uh, is an emergency or something I should be like concerned about, please let me know. But I, I wake up like with aches and pains, right? I wake up and, and my, my ankle will be sore or, or I, have a, I, have a, I have a sore muscle. I, I don't know how it happened. Um, I have like a scar on my leg, and I'm like, I, when did that? Ha- when did that happen? Not like a fresh scar, like a like it's scabbed over. You like when did when did I one get the scar, and how long did I have it for it to already scab over? <laughs> and so every morning it's kind of like a you know exciting you know discovery. I, I discover that something has happened to me, and I don't know don't know how it happened. And more so on the on the pain part. I, I wake up and you know my my ankle will be sore. I, I um, sprained my ankle in high school really bad. Like didn't tear any ligaments. Almost did. I had to they had to put my ankle in a cast for a while. And um, my the ankle will be stiff like every morning. Like sti- like uh, especially when it's cold. Like when the cold weather. Like, it's a little stiffer than ever. So this week uh, I've been really just been thinking about pain and, and um, it's brought on by you know waking up and just being in pain. But at first, it was discouraging, you know, waking up and not knowing, like, what's going on with you. Uh, but I began to see the importance of, of being in, uh, in pain. Um, and, you know, Mark, he's not here. And, you know, be praying for Mark. He had a long, long day at work. But Mark and I, you know, we are uh, studying the Bible and we're exercising afterwards. And I knew that you know, when I exercise in the next morning, I'm going to be sore. Um, and now, as you say, you get older, that soreness period lasts a little longer than you may, may want, want to. But we understand, like, in the physical, when you're working out, you know, uh, pain is good. Like, your muscles are going to hurt. And they're, they're rebuilding themselves. And, and that's a good thing. And so I thought about the concept of pain and how, you know, how I view pain. And so the title of my lesson this morning, guys, is Bring the Pain. Uh, bring the Pain. Uh, there, you know, pain, pain sucks. Let's just call it what it is. Pain sucks. It, it, it's not uh, encouraging all the time. Um, but there is pain that can be that is good for you. There is pain that that is good for you. So I want to talk about three areas uh, of pain that I believe that we need to one welcome into our lives. But on even deeper, I believe there's three areas of pain where we need to really beg God to bring into our life and into our lives. Three areas of pain. Uh, let's talk about the first one. Uh, 
this past week at my job, there's this chiropractor that came in to give this little nice. workshop on on just you know the title of it was the workplace athlete, which you know some may kind of think of like oxymoron, but um, there it was all about how uh, people that work in offices and how you know the physical challenges that can come from just sitting down and you know being on a computer for long stretches of time, right. and how he went into this whole explanation of, of how this generation. Um, we'll we'll start to see um, years, ten, fifteen years from now, um, studies about how the the advent of the cell phone has caused so much, you know, physical challenges in lives. There's be studies, and there'll be uh, all kinds of things coming out. And he was talking about how you know posture and how you know we look at you look at cell phones all the time, and a lot of people that he sees are you know millennials, um, you know, a lot of people from Amazon, and Microsoft that have have issues and it's because of the bad posture have physical issues and and, um, a lot of challenges (laughs) and he said this quote that that knocked my socks off because he 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 talked about how um you know how it really takes a lot of uh a lot of discipline to to change a lot of these things that are kind of ailing you right now and this was his quote he says either you can go through the pain of discipline today or live with the pain of regret forever. Mm. And he was talking about in terms of just changing your life, your lifestyle. And he talked about, you know, a lot of times uh, what most people need um, when they have these issues, they just need a little adjustment, like a, a adjustment, spinal adjustment. Mm. Some maybe more than others. And I, side note, I didn't even realize that your spine, you know, um, there's a lot of nerves that are connected to different parts of your body just in your spine and just adjusting those areas can actually, you know, deal with a lot of elements of organs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Totally blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about like adjustments. A lot of times you just need an adjustment uh, in your life. Mm-hmm. And so the, the first pain that I believe we need to welcome God, uh, to ask God to welcome in our lives is a uh, physical pain. And what do I mean by that? Uh, the title of the first point is the adjustment that we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, turn with me to Psalm 94. If we get into it. The adjustment that we all knew, that we all need, physical pain. And he started talking, the, the doctor, he started talking about how, man, um, one of the issues that people are facing is that, you know, they're on their, on their phones too, too long, uh, too many hours of the day. Spend, uh, I don't know the, the, the stats um, around it, but they said on, on average, um, the average person spends a, about uh, four or five hours just on their phone a day, just on their phone, screen time. And he said that a lot of the challenges from, from people having sleep issues because they're looking at the screen too long or, or you know, um, uh, back problems, posture problems because they're looking at the phones is just a, the learning how to have the discipline to put your phone down. Mm-hmm. And he said that's a small thing, but that just doing that one thing can help you in a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, challenges. So he gave us all the challenges, I'm gonna throw, not challenges, but the tip. So when you're, if you're on your phone, if, you, if you're reading your phone on the bus to, to hold it up, uh, I love you know most of the time we read phones that way you might look weird on the bus if you're holding your phone up like that but it's gonna save you some uh, bad posture you know neck aches and things like that just a little tip from him through me uh, but he says if it, just a little bit of discipline will help alleviate a lot of the challenges that people face physically and um, it's by no coincidence that obviously if we're uh, disciplined spiritually, That'll keep us from a lot of pain um, in our lives spiritually as well. In Psalm 94, verse 12, the Bible reads, Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, 
and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest for the days of trouble until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. And here the Bible just calls it out and says, hey, you know, we either we can discipline ourselves and there's discipline that also comes from God. There's discipline that God puts in our lives to help us. And it gives a contrast for the wicked. We can either be spiritual, be disciplined and uh, be spiritual or we'll be a part of the wicked. And there is a pit that's awaiting uh, us. Uh, he gave this other this stat that that blew me away, too. Uh, and it really hit close to home because it's something that, that my family uh, deals with, and that's diabetes. Um, my father had type 2 diabetes when I was in high school, and um, a couple of my grandparents have, have, have it. My aunt has it, and obviously for, for African-Americans, they're more likely to have diabetes uh, in their lives. And so when he said that, it, it, it kind of took me back. And he said that, you know, 9 out of 10 diagnoses of diabetes is type 2 which is, um, which uh, he said is completely, can, can be completely reversed by just changing li your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Type one is kind of, I don't know, choice. Those, those are usually, um, you know, easy me to take extra precaution for. But type two, the most common one, it says can complete, be completely reversed by just changing your lifestyle. Then he added this on and reminded me of what Deanne shared. Over three, America spends over $300 billion treating type 2 diabetes. $300 billion a year. A year. Imagine all the, the, the world issues or just American issues that we can with homelessness. All types of things that we can help with that money. But we're spending it on a disease that's completely treatable by just changing your lifestyle. Right. And he said not only just treating lifestyle, just being disciplined about what you right. do. And so that took me about like, man, like how many of us spiritually, a lot of the problems that we can change, that problems that we have in our lives can be completely changed if we're just more disciplined. If we're disciplined, just waking up and getting into the word when we get up, instead of jumping on our phone, instead of, you know, for us, kids, instead of dealing with kids, we just simply stop and get into the Bible. And even then, we simply just get on our knees and pray. If we're just disciplined, spiritually disciplined, um, how much would, would our lives change? And this is the thing, you know, God can either discipline, can discipline us, and we can discipline ourselves spiritually by getting into the word. Um, I want to challenge you guys to, to go after your discipline. And the reason why I, I share that is because obviously like the, the quote that the, the doctor mentioned about, you know, going through the pain of discipline, it, it's challenging. Like being disciplined is challenging. Let's not have any misconceptions. Like it, we, for most of us, we built up a, a life of this, doing things a certain way and having to change uh, certain things about our routine or things like that. It can be challenging. It can be dif di uh, difficult. Um, it can be painful sometimes, right? Yeah. But if we don't go through that pain of discipline ourselves, we're going to live with a lifetime of regret. I want to read a story real quick about regret in Luke 6, 16, just to give us a little frame uh, of what the Bible is talking about. In Luke 16, no, there's a very uh, famous story, uh, one of the scariest stories to me in the Bible. The, the, the scariest story uh, to me in the Bible is the story of Samson. For It's another lesson for another time. But this is probably number two in terms of scariest stories for me that I find in the Bible. Luke 16, starting in verse 19. It says, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores. 
and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him off to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his fingers in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham <coughs> replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, between us and you is a great chasm has been in set, in set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot. Nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And the reason why this story is so uh, challenging and scary to me is that here we see a, a guy who, who's lived his life and he says he, he finds himself uh, in hell. And then he sees, you know, Abraham and, and Lazarus, the, the, the beggar um, uh, in heaven. And he's, he asked the request of Abraham to not only uh, uh, to go warn his family and then also uh, to have himself go and warn his family. We see that that he has a sense of, of there's people that, that need to hear about what's happening and that he no longer can do that, right? Mm -hmm. And when he was even on earth, he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And we see the, the, the word that, that comes to mind when I read this story is re regret, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine the regret that this man felt mm -hmm. when he realized that, man, there's so many things that I could have done while I was alive that I didn't do. Yes, I you know, showed kindness and fashion to, to the beggar. But also to his family, like the, the things that he could have said to his family, the things that he could have done in life if he were, if he uh, just would have did it, right? But he has regret. Again, we either can go through the, the pain of discipline today or live with a lifetime of regret because we were not disciplined and didn't change what we needed to change. In Joe, uh, in Joe 5, you don't have to turn there, verse 17, it says, Blessed is the man whom God corrects. Uh, bless men of God correct. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. Um, we need to be aware of, of God's discipline, one. And we need to go after being disciplined ourselves. Uh, I want to throw out a challenge just uh, for you to think, uh, reflect. And think of uh, one area where you would like to be more disciplined in. It can be, you know, whatever comes to mind. One area that you would like to be disciplined in. I want to challenge you to find out how others are dealing with that same or overcoming that same area and being disciplined in uh, and do it for one week. Maybe it's, you know, you have trouble, you know, trouble wake, waking up, you know, hitting the snooze button. Um, find out how other people over someone else overcomes, you know, getting up early and, and do what they do. Maybe it's, you know, hey, I want to dig deeper into to my Bible, but I don't know how. Ask someone, hey, how, how can I how can I dig into the scriptures more intently so that I can be more disciplined? Um, there's things we gotta take, you know, we gotta take what others are doing well. 
right? The folks in the world understand this, right? If we want to excel at something, you know, we do what other people do. We, we take tips and hints from other people. We need to be the same way when it comes to our relationship with God and when it comes to things that we need to be disciplined in. Amen? Uh, the second thing we need to ask God to bring the pain is uh, emotional pain. Uh, the second title of my second point is to get to it, we must go through it. Come on, bro. And uh, in Psalm 55, uh, verse 12, is an awesome scripture that when I was, uh, you know, obviously October is a special time uh, for me. October 29th, um, 12 years ago on October 29th, uh, I became a Christian. Hey. And so coming up on 12 years, right? Yeah, that's right. Math, right? Yeah, 12 years <laughs> as a Christian. And... What makes it, you know, special is that, you know, my brother, uh, my physical physical brother is one who uh, uh, invited me out to church. I, we were living together in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, he invited me out to church, um, told me to, to say, hey, you need to study the Bible, right? Um, there's a lot of things that I'm learning. At first, I was, you know, the older brother and, you know, didn't want to listen to what my younger brother was saying. I'm like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. So I resisted. And then I finally went and, and studied the Bible and it, it blew my mind uh, uh, got baptized October 29th, 2000, uh, 2006. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, uh, about four years later, um, my, my brother decides to leave God. You know, he uh, decided he doesn't want to be a Christian anymore. Uh, really, obviously, you know, um, when anyone decides they don't want to uh, uh, love God anymore, it, it hurts. And it was even more so because it was my brother. And I remember reading this scripture and uh, just feeling a lot of things uh, about what was happening. I remember reading this scripture in, in Psalm 55, uh, verse 12. And this is the story of, of David sharing about what he's going through. In Psalm 55, verse 12, it says, If an enemy were insulting me, I can endure it. If a foe were uh, rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship in the house of God, as we walked about among the worshipers. Here, David is talking about the, the pain, you know, um, obviously, if you read the story of David, there's a lot of things that happen in David's lifetime. And it's at this point when um, uh, the throne is trying to be taken away from David by, um, by his, son, uh, his son, Absalom. And the scholars believe that, believe that David is actually talking about one of his close friends that participated in the the uh, in trying to get the throne away from David, and David is talking about that friend uh, here. And I read the scripture, and it reminded me of that time uh, with my brother, because you know my brother is the one who who told me about God's kingdom and got me you know to study the Bible. And when he left, uh, it, it really hurt. Um, probably the, the one of the darkest times uh, of my Christian walk was at this moment. Now, very much related to the scripture here. And when I read, when I visited the scripture again, I, I thought about that time, and I and I thought about you know uh, this is the countless other people that that I've known, I've, I've either studied the Bible with or known, um, or grown close to that that have left, um, and realized then like. The God's kingdom is there's gonna be emotional pain. Like there's gonna be things that you go through yeah. um, that that are tough uh, to deal with. But 
we grow from those moments. We, 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 learn, we learn valuable lessons from those emotional times. We learn, hey, maybe there's things that you could have done. Uh, maybe not. Or, but maybe you just you become better for it because you've gone through that challenge. Um, in verse 4, um, sorry, in verse 4, sorry, in verse um, in verse 4, yeah, sorry, in verse 4 of that same chapter, Psalm 55, uh, he says, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and uh, trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, Oh, that I had wings of a dove. I will fly away and rest at rest and be at rest. I will flee, flee far away and stay in the desert. I will hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. So here, David, you see, David just wants to get away from, from the, the pain that's going on. And isn't that our reaction when we go through emotional pain? We, we, yes. want, to, we want to run away. We want to go and hide. We want to be as far away and not deal with what's going on. And it's, it's in a way, it's comforting to read that David, the awesome man uh, of God that he was, dealt with the very same thing. Mm-hmm. When he went through emotional pain, like he wanted to flee too. He wanted to, to go and hide and, and, and be, uh, be alone by himself. I mean, we can have the same thing. Um, emotional pain, it affects us spiritually. Yeah. Um, it affects us spiritually. I want to ask you, what is your response to emotional pain? When, you go in, when you're going through a challenging time, what is your response? Um, is it to retreat? Um, or will you use it? Um, there's a, there's a, movie is, is not good, but um, I don't know if you guys seen Blade. Blade. Yes. There's, uh, it was in the, the third one that wasn't as good. Um, but there's a moment where the character loses loses their their uh, father, and they're like crying, crying in um, in agony. And Blade Blade uh, tells the the girl to 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 use it. All right, he says it over and over. Use it. Like use that that pain. Use that emotion to to fight. And I believe God wants us to do the the same thing when we go through emotional pain, which will happen when we go through those challenging times when we want to run, when we want to retreat. God wants us to use that. To draw closer to him instead of retreating. He wants us to use that pain. In Psalm 71, verse 3, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, Be uh, my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Uh, the Bible talks plenty of times about God being our rock, being our refuge. The place that we go when we when we need to turn to him, when we're going through a challenging time. Like God wants uh, uh, him to be our refuge. I want to challenge challenge you guys to to have God be your refuge. Study out the scriptures in the Bible that talk about uh, God being your rock, God being your refuge, and really hold on to those scriptures when when you go through those times of emotional pain, Mm -hmm. um, because it's going to come. Emotional pain is going to come. To get to it, heaven, we must go through it. We must go through emotional pain. You know, there's a term, I forget who coined it, that says that when when we get to heaven... um, our hearts are scarred. Our hearts don't come into heaven, you know, just uh, unblemished. They come, uh, we come into heaven with scars on our heart. Yeah. Um, we got to welcome emotional pain. We got to welcome that scarring. Yeah, it's going to happen. We can't run from it. Yeah. We need to run to God. Mm-hmm. We need to go through it. Uh, I want to challenge you guys to ask God to bring the emotional pain into your life. Mm-hmm. And that can be a scary thing. You know, again, we don't like pain. We don't like emotional suffering, but uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> I want you to challenge you guys. Ask God, God, bring the emotional pain off. Um, and then when that pain comes, go to God. Have God be yeah. a refuge. He's waiting there for you. It's going to come whether we like it or not. Um, 
Third challenge, the third uh, uh, pain that we need to, to ask God to bring is spiritual pain. Um, what do I mean that, by that? The title at this point is simply, don't be stupid. <laughs> don't be stupid. Uh, Proverbs 12, 1, obviously, most of us know mm-hmm. this scripture. It's a lot of folks' favorite scripture. It's probably the, the one, one times when you can get away with saying this word. In Proverbs 12, verse 1, it says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Mm-hmm. If you hate correction, you are stupid. The Bible says you are stupid. If you don't like being corrected, you are stupid. Um, again, a favorite scripture of some. And, you know, we, we see the scripture and we, we laugh about it, right? Being, being called stupid. But this scripture is very, very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, are you someone who don't, doesn't like being corrected? Are you someone that maybe when you are corrected, there's always a, a rebuttal? There's mm-hmm. always a, oh, but what this or what about that? Um, if you're any of those things, you, you, you don't like being corrected. You know, I know some people will say, oh, you know, I don't mind being corrected, but we always have a response. We always, there's an explanation that we need to give. Uh, if that's you, you might be someone who doesn't like to be corrected or disciplined. Um, do you resist uh, correction? Uh, turn me to Psalm 92. Uh, when I read the scripture, this scripture we're about to read, it was pretty cool. Um, something I didn't really uh, uh, understand about correction. <clears throat> in uh, Psalm 92, in verse 6, it says, Senseless people do not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass and all, and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. And the thing that, that's, that's cool about this scripture is that, you know, senseless people do not know, fools don't understand, that... Even though there's evil and evil and uh, evil doers and wicked people, um, they'll be destroyed forever. In some uh, translations, for eternity. And the, the the thing about this is that the wisest thing that we can do each day, guys, is to realize that life is short and eternity is forever. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be sent to to uh, eternal damnation because you don't want to be corrected, mm-hmm. right? And the Bible says if we don't, if we hate correction, we're stupid, right? Um, Easy, the, the wisest thing you can do is realize that life is short and eternity is forever. And when I when I read this, I said, you know, what? I I gotta I gotta go after making sure that I don't uh, dislike being corrected or making sure that I'm not doing something that is wrong. Right? Um, it's one of the things that that frustrates me when I think about it is that I don't uh, when, when I go out to do something or Mar- and Margarita can attest, like I I need to know like how to do things like exactly how it needs to be done right i if you leave me to try to figure it out like i, I can do it but it's going to take me forever like i need to i'd rather know you do a b c d all, all these things and i hate doing something and realizing that i did it wrong right mm-hmm. case yeah. in point building furniture and the funny thing is i used to work for uh for a furniture store and i would have to put together furniture um or I, <laughs> um I would deliver furniture, and as a side hustle, I would put together the furniture for the people. <laughs> and one of the frustrating things, and, and when I did it, I, I was awesome. But when I when we had our own furniture, and I had to put it together, <laughs> I, I <laughs> tell me if you've done this before. Is when you're building something, you get halfway done, and you realize 
uh, certain pieces wrong. Like, I know we all don't like when that happens, but I, I get ticked when that happens. Like, man, like, I just want to know how exactly to put it together. When instructions are, like, ambiguous or not, like, thorough enough, like, it, it, it ticks me off. But it's funny, we can all identify with that and relate to it, but when it comes to being corrected spiritually, we, we don't, most of us don't like it. Yeah. We don't like being told that you're doing something wrong, right? Or that maybe the, the way you're going about doing that can be done differently or should be done differently. Um, if that's you or if that's been you this week or, or lately, I really want to challenge you guys. The Bible says, hey, if you hate correction, you are stupid. And stupid people don't understand that, that this life is short and eternity is forever. You don't want to be sent to hell separated from God because you don't like being corrected. Um, it's that serious. Um, you know, there's countless arguments, you know, that, that are disagreements that I've had with my wife. And, and I realized that, man, like I was not right. <laughs> like I was, I was kind of wrong. And I think I'm right about something. And I realized, oh, yeah, I was wrong. Um, there's been countless times that that's been the case. And I, I think about the scripture like, man, like I do not like being wrong. <laughs> Like, I don't like being corrected or being told that I'm doing something the wrong way. I can't be like that. Uh, what are you doing in your life that could be sending you to hell for eternity? Um, wouldn't, you want to, wouldn't you want to know if there's something that you're doing incorrectly when it comes to your relationship with God or how you're living? If you're doing something wrong that could send you to hell, wouldn't you want to know that what you need to do differently? Right? Like, I, I would want to know, like, hey, if I'm doing something wrong that could cost me my relationship with God, I would want someone to tell me. Um and what keeps us from changing, guys, when we are correct is just simply pride, right? Pride keeps us from changing. And consequently, just even to, to compound how serious uh, God feels about this, pride is one of the things that the Bible says that God hates. Yeah. Like God hates pride. And so if we're being corrected and we're resisting that correction, that's because we're prideful and God hates pride. Um, it's so serious. Uh, and it can hurt sometimes when we're being corrected, right? It can hurt. Our, it hurts our pride. It hurts our, our you know, our feelings, you know, when, we, when, we're, when we're corrected. Um, but we got to welcome that pain. We got to yeah. welcome that, that, that hurt from, from being corrected on something you're doing wrong uh, and realize that that, that pain um, is a good thing. That we need to, to change uh, what we're doing and be corrected. Uh, and we'll uh, come home with Matthew uh, 21. We come down for the landing. I just want to make sure we're all not not uh, being unwilling to be corrected. Mm-hmm. No, well, super David. serious. Matthew twenty one, and verse forty two. This is Jesus Himself talking. In verse forty two says, "Jesus said to them." Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone the builders rejected, rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in, your eye, in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Mm. And it is a great scripture about, you know, obviously Jesus is talking about himself as the stone and how... You know, uh, folks back at the time were just so prideful and didn't want to acknowledge that that they were wrong, and that Jesus was the Messiah. That <coughs> that uh, that their pride was getting in the way from them uh, seeing. And Jesus says, "Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken, but anyone on whom it falls will be crushed." And this is a, a great uh, description of, of of pride. If we're not being willing to be corrected and humble ourselves, 
right, and be broken, humble and be broken and realize that we're wrong, God's going to step in and humble us, right? Mm -hmm. And when God humbles us, uh, it's usually, you know, uh, to the the max, right? If he gives us the opportunity to humble ourselves and be broken, Mm -hmm. but here Jesus says, hey, the rock can fall on you and you'll be crushed. And when something's crushed, it's hard to put it back together, right? If something's broken, you can piece it back together with some super glue or whatnot. But if it's something's crushed, you can't put that back together. And I know for I hope we don't want to be crushed by God, right? We we want to be broken and and, uh, humble and be willing to be corrected um, by God. Um, Either falling rock can be broken or God will crush you. Um, And the last challenge is simply only ask someone that you trust, someone that knows you. It says, what, what's one thing that I need to change in my life? What's one thing that I may be doing that, that, that you see that may be wrong, right? That I need to be corrected in. Um, ask them. And whatever they say, I want to challenge you to go after changing it. Not necessarily changing in how you think, oh, I think I may need to be changed. We know, right? When someone says, hey, you need to, you need to change this. Um, the challenge is to go after it and do it. Uh, that person, they see what you need to change for a reason, right? And a lot of times we resist doing this because we know, we, oftentimes we know what they're going to say. We know what someone's going to say, ah, I need to change. And we just don't want to do it. I want to challenge you to ask someone what you need to change. Um, guys, pain sucks. Again, to reiterate, pain sucks. It doesn't feel good to, to, to go through pain, whether it's uh, physical, emotional, or spiritual. Um, but we must welcome pain in our lives, guys. We got to welcome it in uh, in order to grow. Um, and maybe we've been refusing to, to go through that pain. Maybe we've been refusing to, to change, uh, to grow. And maybe that's the reason why we're still where we're at, right? Uh, at today, because we're refusing that change. Um, John 12, 24 says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, right? When we go through pain, it, it gives us the opportunity to grow, but we have to go through pain. And uh, lastly, because this is a sermon, uh, there's one thing that I immediately thought of when I when I uh, thought of pain and thought of communion. Uh, it was in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Obviously, Jesus went through a lot on earth and obviously a lot. On the cross. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our, of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Here the Bible says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. We went through the cross. We, most of us, and not all of us, have seen the passion of the Christ, right? Where we see what Jesus went through. A lot of pain, right? Physical pain. And when you read the scripture, when you read uh, the scripture, you see not, not only did Jesus go through physical pain, he went through emotional pain. With, uh, seeing his, his best, closest friends desert him when he gets captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine the emotional pain that, that, that he felt at that time. He went through the spiritual pain of, pain of, of taking on our sin, right? And being separated from God because God couldn't be connected with Jesus while he had the sin of the world on him. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Imagine, imagine that feeling, knowing that you're, you're separated from God because you're, you're uh, taking on the sins of the world. Jesus went through pain, you know, the likes we'll, we'll never see, right? But he did that for, as he says, for the joy set before him. Jesus knew that he's doing it for a reason, that, that going through this it was going to be worth it. Uh, and for us, when we take communion, uh, you know, it's very, very important that we don't lose sight of the reality uh, of what Jesus went through. When we take communion, um, it, it needs to mean something to you. It needs to mean mean that, hey, like I'm, I'm recommitting myself. You know, I'm, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus right now. I need to assess not where I'm at, but really see, hey, Jesus died for me. He died for my sins. And for that, uh, I'm grateful. You know, Jesus went through the pain uh, for us. And so as we take the bread and take the juice, I really want to encourage you guys to reflect on those things. Reflect on, on, on pain. Reflect on, on how much we need pain in our lives so that we can grow. Um, and I believe once we do that, once we go after uh, a welcoming pain in our lives, we're going to continue to see uh, an amazing amount of growth in our lives. We're going to see the world truly change uh, before us. Amen. Amen. And, uh, that's my lesson. Let me pray for the communion. Thank you.